one of the most unique podcasts on the planet. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. The show about everything related to student transportation. If you're a student transportation professional, you found your show. Hey, bus driver. Exploring the entire school transportation universe. Talking to interesting and inspiring people, exchanging ideas, promoting student transportation industry growth, and sharing a few funny stories along the way. Now, live from Phoenix, Arizona, this is Hey Bus Driver, and this is Jason Nelson. All right, welcome everybody back to another episode of the Hey Bus Driver podcast. Uh, Today's episode, we are going to talk about technology on the school bus and just how advanced student transportation has really come in the last 10 years. Uh, have a quite a good group of people here that have, I don't know, there's probably over 100, 100 years of experience of school transportation just in the six or seven people of us here. So thank you all to being here. Uh, I'll just go around, introduce everybody real quick. Chad's back, my man Chad. What'd you say, Chad? You're gonna go by Chad Madden, or we? Okay, we're settling on that. Perfect. Uh, Chris Gregg, who was on one of the earlier episodes, Chris is back. Philip Dunn is also joining us, and then we've got a three uh, new people that are joining us. Uh, I'm I'm actually embarrassed to say this. Armando Cuellar, who's um, one of, I guess you could call him one of my mentors uh, in the student transportation industry that I've gone 22 episodes now and haven't had him featured on the podcast yet, but <laughs> welcome Armando. And then also Robert Biggs and Don Todd. So welcome everybody and thank you for being here. Armando, I've, Armando I've been trying really hard for weeks to get you on here. <laughs> I'm glad I, I can finally get accomplished. I hear him talking about you all every time I listen to the podcast, and I, I'm glad somebody else is taking the punishment. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. So, real quick, let's uh, again, like I said, thanks everybody. This is going to be technology focused. I'm gonna we're gonna try and steer away from everything that's going on right now, and really just kind of give the listeners, I think, maybe a different topic or a different just feel of the episode and, you know, kind of maybe do some thought leadership, if you will. Um, So I'm just going to go real quick around uh, with everybody, starting off with Robert, your position, how long you've been with, where you're at, um, maybe size of district, and uh, how long you've been in the industry. Uh, My name is Robert Biggs. I'm actually the career and technical education director and the assistant transportation director for the Macomb School District in Southwest Mississippi. I've worked for the district for 14 years. I've actually only been in transportation now for about two. So it's been quite a change for me to switch from academic career education over to transportation. Our district is roughly 2,400 students. So we're a very small, uh, we're a city school district, but a city school district with a very rural flair. Right on, thank you for being here. Don, same questions. Okay, so I've been doing uh, transportation for 36 years. Uh, I'm in my current district for four years, Washington Township in Long Valley, New Jersey. Um, I worked in a neighboring district there for about 18 years. Uh, I did a stint in South Carolina for four. I owned my own bus company for four, and I drove for seven. So all of that in there adds up to about 36. Right on. Thank you. you. And uh, Mr. Armando. 
Well, I'm Armando Cuellar. I'm the transportation supervisor at Phoenix Elementary School District in downtown Phoenix. I always tell people I'm in the shadow of Bank One Ballpark or Chase Field or wherever the Diamondbacks happen to be playing now. It's like right next door to us. Um, I have been a certified school bus driver in Arizona since 1978. Uh, I've been in administration since 88 and totally total about 30, what, 43 years. This is, this is my 43rd year. If we can count this year, you know, it's going to be an easy slide so. year. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, previously I've worked at a couple other school districts in Arizona. Um, as Jason said, I, I've known him for many years. I met him when I was supervisor at Madison School District, and his mom and I worked together. He was still in diapers running around the wheels of the school bus. You know, we had to hopefully not use them as a wheel chop. Th that's a stretch, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's my story. I'm sticking to awesome. it. Awesome. And Philip, just for uh, for those that missed the last episode, uh, we're at what your role is. Yeah, I uh, Phil Dunn. I am the chief product officer of BusRide, uh, and that's by night. By day, I am the CIO of the sixth largest district in the uh, nation, Broward County Schools in Florida. Right on. Thanks for being back here. And last but not least, uh, Mr. Chris. Hey, everybody. Chris Gregg here. I'm the assistant director for Cheney Public Schools in Washington State, eastern side of Washington. I've been in the industry going on 16 years now. Uh, before I came here, I was the assistant director in another district. And before that, I was a bus technician. Um, our district is about 5,500 students with 380 square miles that we cover. Right on. And then, obviously, Chad with uh, RWC uh, as the sales piece. He sees a lot of, obviously, I think you've been in used bus sales. If you want to just give everybody just a real quick rundown one more time of what your expertise uh, is in the... Yeah, I've been in the bus industry for, uh, I think, 12, 12 years, 13 years now. Came from the truck side, Freightliner, and used new trucks and came into new bu or used buses and... And uh, this is my first stint with all new out here in Arizona with RWC. And uh, came from, well, I live in Oklahoma, worked in Kansas City, came out here and uh, enjoying it. But yeah, I've seen I've seen what little time I've been in it, I've seen change, uh, especially dealing on the U side. You know, everyone wanting to trade in their 1998 Chevy Bluebirds or whatever. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen as much as Armando, I'm sure, but it uh, you, you can see it. there's definitely a lot of change. Yeah, a lot of a lot of computer equipment, emissions, cameras, child check systems, you name it. Yeah. yeah. So that's and my right now. And we definitely yeah. hey, have Dad, a I wanted to show you. I can't I know people at home can't see this, but see I got my oh. calendar hanging right here at home. Notice he <laughs> keeps it at home, not at work. <laughs> no, I, well you saw me at at work earlier. You know, I got home since I don't know on. about the rest of you, but the important stuff stays at home. Yeah. So I think yeah, we've, I we've like got it. a you we've got a pretty mind. good feel of kind of a, a national approach or national look, right? We've got the East Coast, we've got the South, we've got uh, the Pacific Northwest, and down here in the Southwest side. So and Chad kind of bringing in that middle portion of America 
of what school transportation looks like. So um, this might be a loaded question for those of you that have been in it over 10 years. Um, maybe Armando, I'll just start out with you. For those that have been in the industry longer than 10 years, so much technology has come. Like We've just made, I, I think, just great strides in the last 5 to 10 years. But what was your biggest challenge, if you want to go back to 78 or even 88 as an administrator, what was your biggest challenge is by not having – the available technology that's available today. You know, we talk about GPS, you talk about um, valid routing programs, you talk about all the things that are that are out there, usable and available to uh, transportation departments. What was your biggest challenge by not having those systems available? Well, mainly um, two-way radios was a big thing. Not everybody was required to have two-way radios in Arizona back in the 70s. And, uh, you know, where I was driving at in, in the southern part of Phoenix, we were a very rural district at the time. And one of the routes I had, I broke down, I could be miles away from a house. And here you are, you know, I did break down one time with a bunch of kindergartners. And here I am walking down the street to the nearest house with the kindergartners in tow to see if I could use their telephone. Uh, so two-way radio was a big thing. Um, you know, we, um, I was at a district where we used to use the old tachographs to keep track of our speed and everything. And now, of course, we got GPS and, and we're able to track them, look at the, the little icon on the window, see how fast they were going, look up a speed report, that sort of thing. And um, so there's been quite a few things. I mean, red stop signs back when i started driving we still had the yellow stop paddles on the side of the bus hmm. um, i also wait, wait, wait. the what the yellow <laughs> stop paddles that said stop it wasn't a red stop sign um we had buses in the district i drove at that were 1950s models still that had the pull chain turn signal <laughs> and you pulled Sorry. the chain and a little arm stuck out on the side of the bus before the little light turn signals. So um, I've basically seen a lot, I guess, as, you know, five-speed transmissions. Now, mostly everybody has automatic. Sure. There are still some manuals out there, but, you know, we all had to know how to drive a, a manual transmission yep. and stuff like that. So, and here I was just, uh, you know, when I started driving, I was in in college and just a little a little kid basically yeah <clears throat> so so answer me this I'm, I, i've always been curious when i was in used buses i had a a contractor i believe it was north dakota or montana i can't one of the two that contractor only wanted manual transmission buses and he called mm -hmm. me a couple of times a year and i told mm -hmm. him I said, Listen, nobody's trading in manual transmission yeah. school buses they, they don't really exist anymore and he started buying them and, and cutting a hole and converting them to manuals. But I'm curious, driving a manual transmission school bus and opening and closing the door, I mean, that had to be oh, exhausting you, you, the day, right? You had to be multitasking because not only did you have to shift gears and open and close the door manually, you also had to put the stop sign out manually. And turn your turn signal with a chain. Everything wasn't automatic like it is now. I mean, you also had to flip the switch to turn on the, the four-way red lights, you know. 
So and they, and they talk about Bluetooth being distracted. <laughs> so thank you. And hold the and hold the route sheet if you were a substitute. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So Don, you want to chime in here and uh, what was your biggest challenge pre really launch of technology on the school bus? What was your biggest challenge? Yeah, I think Armando pretty much took everything uh, because it was all the same experience, um, you know, breaking down and, and uh, having to send uh, kids to the nearest house with an index card with phone numbers. On. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had to do that many times. And uh, fortunately, I wasn't too out where, you know, I couldn't get to a house. But uh, same thing, manual manual doors. The amber switch was on the floor, so you had to make sure you timed it right to get the amp on in between shifting gears, uh, you know, to slow down. And, um, but those buses, uh, were a lot simpler, which also was really, nice. you know, everything was very, very basic. And, uh, so it made things much, uh, easier back then sure. though electronics and, um, technology has really come a long way in making things easy, you know, seem to be easier now. Uh, you can focus more on driving instead of, uh, you know, you can focus more on the kids instead of driving the bu uh, bus itself. So, Got it. Robert, you have anything to add to that by chance? Uh, it, it's nice to actually hear some of the perspective. Uh, I've actually been driving a CDL vehicle now for about 10 years, but I had seen none of the changes <laughs> that have seen over the years. I mean, honestly, I came into technology – the age was already there starting when I first started driving and it's, you know, I guess I'm spoiled. I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, obviously I wrote it as a kid and I, we probably all wrote them as kids. You, you know, several of you probably have had a whole different experience than what I had, um, unfortunately as a, as a student, but, um, uh, you know, like I said, the, the, it's just been amazing the last 10 years, how far, student transportation and the school bus has come right not only just the school bus but the computer and the routing and you know you hear people talk about drawing their routes on the floor of their you know of their of their living room uh you know before school started and having you know things that they're using paint and and all these other you know hand just kind of hand jamming stuff and now you've got really robust routing programs that are out there that we'll talk a little bit later but um you know, it's just, it's pretty wild just to see what, where it's come from. So Chris, I'll ask you and then, um, into, um, what is your most favorite piece of technology that you use today in your operation? Well, I would, my favorite one right now is the GPS. Um, <clears throat> listening to the stories from Armando and Don were great. Um, I haven't been in long enough to have stories like that. So that was awesome to hear. I, for me, when I came in, I was a technician and I got to go through that transition where buses went from mechanical systems into uh, electronic and uh, where technicians went from going to a, a broke down bus with a bag of tools to now they take a laptop. That was the biggest thing for me. But in my current position, the GPS and the routing software, I think, are the two biggest ones. Um, and it's very clear when one of those systems goes down how much we rely and appreciate on. Sure. Um you know, I can't imagine, I one, the two-way radio thing was awesome to hear because I can't <laughs> even imagine um, with the, the information that we have that comes through those radios, uh, you know, being able to talk to the driver and the parent on the phone at the same time. Um, just crazy. Like you say, just within, I've been in 16 years now, how much it's changed just in the short amount of time I've been here. 
and to hear the stories that you guys are talking about who've been in here 25, 30 years, uh, it's got to be an amazing uh, timeline. And I would love to hear more about some of the other stories I'm sure you guys have. Phil, you I remember, I remember our, the supervisor when I was working at Roosevelt District in Phoenix would always be out there counting the buses as we drove in. And that was, this was before radios. And he was making sure everybody made it in. And he knew what time we, were, we would come in. And if we didn't arrive, he would send one of the mechanics or somebody out <laughs> on the roads you know, whatever the route was to try and track the bus down because one, we didn't have cell phones, you know, no two way radio, nothing like that. So he would keep track of us that way in the afternoon or the evening time, just to make sure that we were all accounted for at the end of the day. Definitely a good idea. I mean, assuming yeah. that your, your driver was driving the route that they're supposed to, <laughs> supposed to drive. Yeah, yeah you know? definitely. So, so. Phil, same question to you. Your your most favorite piece of technology that you use today? That's a great question. So I have a loaded interest to say it's bus ride, right? <laughs> but I, I will say sincerely, I, I'm younger than most people on the call. Uh, I'm I'm only forty, and I've been managing technology for schools for over ten years, or managing technology for school districts. But when I started, we already had some bus technology, right? Like we had you know, the proprietary GPS unit, we had um, the routing software. So my favorite thing that I kind of saw evolve like over the last 10 years is like these kind of consumerized like apps that let people see where the bus is and it lends to a more customer service friendly approach for, you know, families and parents and communities. Sure. Um, that's been my, my favorite piece because like what I noticed was kind of like with the whole rise of like the web 2.0 and you got Uber and you got Lyft and you got all these cool companies. We work over the last 10 years, people started demanding that schools be more like customer service enterprises. Right. So about five years ago, I started noticing that like you couldn't make up enough excuses for why you didn't have parent bus tracking apps for people yep. in you know the communities I was serving. So that's been my favorite piece of it. And that's, again, I have a loaded interest, but that's sure. why I work with bus ride. No, I appreciate I that. What they're doing. Uh, Robert, your favorite piece of equipment, a favorite piece of technology that you use in your department today? I actually have an interesting story, too, a little bit to kind of add on. Uh, the reason I'm actually started with transportation was because we had zero technology in our transportation department. So let's say a little less than two years ago, uh, our the transportation director was still scheduling manually routing every bus in our district and hand scheduling every child. Wow. So we're talking about even though technology was there, we were still doing it as old as, you know, all the way as possible. So in the last 18 months, we've been slowly changing and moving into a more technology driven and focused transportation department. So this year has been a lot of changes for us. I got tagged into transportation because I am technology friendly. Let's just put it like that. I'm, I'm good with the, those pieces of technology that the buses needed to run more successfully. Yeah. So it's been fun for me to see uh, the, the computer-based routing, the parent apps, all those little bits and pieces that we've never used before. Sure. It's a thrill right now to know an activity trip. We can now see where our bus is the whole time they're running. And when they get back, we know it successfully made it from point A to point B and back to where we started. So I guess you say I'm the newcomer, both to uh, at all in all, 
everything that we're doing. So I don't have a favorite piece yet. I'm just enjoying the ride. Well, I, I appreciate that view also. Uh, Don, you want to add to your favorite piece? Sure. My favorite uh, so far is the routing software. Because uh, when I first became a supervisor, it was just like Robert was saying, it was still the pins on the wall and typing it and whiting out and retyping everything. And uh, so the routing software is the best. Uh, and this year I've looped in Busrite, uh, also some tablets to help with the GPS part of it. Um, and we're moving towards uh, things like that in our district now. So Right on. Armando, your your favorite piece? Right now, our favorite piece is, again, like uh, Chris said, is, is the GPS. Um, I mean, I practically use that every day trying to find out what people are doing. When parents come in, I can get right on and uh, track what, what time the bus went by, which way did they go, and things like that, and answer parents, you know, almost immediately what's going on before I even see the driver. So definitely, definitely helpful. We were just talking about that here the other day and that, you know, if you know, if you know your route well enough and you've got a good dispatcher, good, good router that mm -hmm. they can almost answer the question for the parent without even communicating to yeah. the driver about what's going on. So, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, so helpful when you're talking about those tools being available. And even now that the parent apps are out there, it's limited phone calls you know, hand over fist really on yeah. how many phone calls we're getting in daily. Where's the bus? What time will it be here? Oh, by the way, we have an app, you know, we've actually even pushed out, not necessarily through the app, but we went through, we, we set up a, a texting app to where parents could actually text now to a number that comes to our computer and we can actually, you know, converse with them via text. So those that don't necessarily have minutes, but they have data available, they can, you know, text us back and forth, or if they want to text their student off for the day, we don't have to have that phone consistent getting tied up all the time so that's you know i would say that's probably my most favorite so far is just getting into that um you know those those dialers that we're able to send out to parents but they almost become like if you they they now hold you accountable right the first time that you fail to do it they're so so upset with you that you didn't get it out there they want to know you know what happened and why so um, you know, the communication I think is, has really grown. I think that's what we can, we can take away from this question. So, um, transitioning into, and this might be another loaded question cause I have so many of you that have a, an interest in bus, right? But maybe we can talk a little bit about how that, what the program looks like. And for those of you that have maybe piloted or seen it, how many of you are using a student tracking type system in your department now? Um, what, ha what have been your initial thoughts from it? What have been some of those challenges, uh, by implementing it and, and getting it up and running? No order. Whoever wants to jump in. We don't have anything like that in our district. Okay. You should get it. We're looking, we're looking. Yeah. And it's a great, again, so it goes back to what we talked about before. I mean, I, I, keep picturing Amanda walking down the street with a bunch of kindergartners and the look on the people's <laughs> face when he beats on the door. Yeah. And the parents don't know where those kids are at. You're the only one that knows where those kids are at and you're responsible right. for them. And you go now to like bus, right. And systems like that, that track the students getting on and off the bus. Mm -hmm. My kids, none of my kids rode a bus uh, other than in town. I didn't ride a bus. I grew up in a town that was one mile by one mile and 
you had to walk to school, which is fine. But just the idea that a parent could get on and see where their kid was at, see their kid checked on the bus, you know, because parents, just every parent, most households, mom and dad are both working. And nowadays, everyone cutting back workforce, everybody's busier than ever. To be able to gra- you know, grab an app on your phone and look and see that my kid checked on the bus, my kid checked off the bus, my kid should be home, you know, call the house, send a text, whatever. You know where your kid's at and the kid's safe. And it's, I mean, to me, that's my favorite. Out of all the school bus technology right now, that's my favorite being a parent. I mean, if my kid rode a bus, I would insist the school has a system like that so I could make sure they're safe, make sure they're at, they've checked on and off. Because I'm sure back in the day, Armando, you probably test this back, and even Don, back in the day where, you know, the kid didn't show up because he ended up going down to his buddy's house and it's dinner time. And he lost track of you know time, and mom, and dad show up. The kid's not there. They're calling school. Wanting, Where's my kid? Well, yeah, he got and, on the bus, and but, two hours know, later, right? So, <laughs> yeah, 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 ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. We we just had that happen with some. Of, you know, we're on limited transportation right now with about 50 kids and we just had that happen the other day and the parents like calling, they're calling me and we have, you know, the bus driver, I dropped him off. He, I saw him go to the door. Next thing we know, the kid met up with a buddy and they're down the street yeah. and the parent didn't know that, but it took a couple hours for them to figure it out. And by that time, you know, we're in downtown Phoenix, so we don't take any precaution or, we take all kinds of precautions to try and find a child before something serious happens. So we've already got the police looking and everything else going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, fortunately that student was, you know, four houses down, you know, hanging out, playing video games with his friend. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris, do you want to jump in here? Well, I would, say on or to Armando what a horrible feeling that is for anybody who works in the transportation industry specifically in the office when you get that call from a parent that their kid is missing um I think sometimes parents don't think that we care about what we do and I know the times that I've gotten those calls um boy it keeps you up at night um even when the kid is found safe yeah um and remind me again um what that first, the original Just the question, question are you using any type of student tracking, whether it's bus ride, whether it's something else, you don't have to name the other company if you're using one, right. but just what those <laughs> well, challenge, what those challenges have been, uh, you know, implementing it, how was it received, and just kind of, you know, since we're on the topic of just technology, right, this seems like a very, fairly new, probably within the last five years or so, that it's really taken off and become a forefront topic to parents right when i first got into it it was oh you're not going to track my kid you know big brother's watching all this other stuff and now parents can't fathom with having without it right so you know it seems like the um you know the paradigm shift of one to the other has really kind of just 180 degrees the the opposite direction right so i'll tell you the unfortunate part at uh, the district that I'm at right now is we were just getting ready to get into a, a student tracking a parent app. And then when the shutdowns came, the budgets became a bigger issue. We sure. weren't able to do that. At the district I was at before, um, we had went with um, Synovia's Here Comes the Bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have a student tracking, but I will tell you that just the app, letting the parents know where the bus was, yeah. if it had come to their stop, um, very well received. 
And, you know, Common's parents are like, gosh, I wish we had this earlier. I wish, this, you know, we had this longer. And just cut down on the amount of phone calls. Like, we all know what happens when a bus runs, you know, just five minutes late. You know, if you've got 40 kids on there, how many phone calls come in? So, um, you know, I'm a huge, huge pusher for uh, technology. I think it makes all of our lives easier. Um, you know, the routing software, I left the district that had um, uh, routing software and I came here and they were still doing it the old fashioned way with maps and pins. And uh, I can tell you, I would have pulled my hair out if I had any left. <laughs> I kind of took a step backwards. Um, but fortunately, that was the reason they brought me in was to come in with um, experience in routing software and and, you know, just how easy and uh streamline technology can make our jobs not only just in the office but for the drivers when you're looking at you know working with the bus ride group philip and and uh, keith and all those guys over there and seeing what they're doing uh to do you know make drivers jobs easier when they're out on the buses you know that's been the interesting part in working through their design group is and really the cool thing i like about it is they put put together a group of people who work in the industry and getting ideas of what works best for us in the industry and then implementing it into their software and their programs. And we can, we really get to see, I am not one of the fortunate ones that has uh, the bus ride software because we already have a software, but still being able to see how it makes everybody's lives a little bit easier when they're at work. Sure. Mm -hmm. Phil, you want to jump in, whether it's Broward or just share a little bit about maybe from a bus ride perspective, what those offerings could be for, um, you know, any, any people that are just necessarily interested to, to hear what those challenges maybe been for existing customers or, you know, anybody that's kind of going that direction already. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think, um, just kind of generally, I think everyone recognizes the importance of drivers. And I think, you know, we weren't going to talk about COVID, but given all the events of this year, it's really shown front and center, just how important drivers are. So, for any district that hasn't made an investment in, you know, school bus transportation technology, I think now is the time to really take a hard look at it for two reasons. One is you want to have drivers that have high morale and the tools that they need to be effective to do their job. So at BusRite, we're really focused on offering like a superlative driver navigation experience, driver workflow experience, so they can, you know, easily keep track of the 50 million things that are going on at one time while still staying on track, while still making sure that the ETAs are being fulfilled at the appropriate time. And a lot of that lift we try to take off of you fleet managers so that parents could easily see where the bus is and not really be hounded on your phone line every other second. So that's like a really, really big piece for us. The other piece for that, uh, you know, for any district that's thinking about this technology is schools and schooling is getting more and more like agile by the reality of what's happening day to day. More so than ever, you have to be able to be flexible so when you make these investments in technology, a lot of it allows you to prototype your routes, you know, look at your routes, given all the different conditions on the ground. I know like in Broward, we reopened uh, and we have less than half the kids coming into, on average, the school facilities every day. You know, so we've had to be very, very flexible with how we're designing and implementing our routes every day. We've had to monitor these situations and conditions in real time. We've had instances where we've had to potentially shift the school to virtual because of an outbreak of COVID at a particular school. Again, I'm not veering it over into the COVID lane. I'm just saying what we're learning as we go forward is that we're going to have to be very, very flexible. Today is COVID. Tomorrow is going to be a bunch of other dominoes that are going to fall that's forcing the school environment to become a lot more flexible. 
So you need the tools, you know, sure. and that's that's basically what it is. So I like how you segue that and you don't even see the outline that I'm running off of. But <laughs> this idea, and I'm going to ask all of you this, this question, this idea of daily routing that could potentially change from day to day, right? So Phil or Armando, you as a bus driver come in, yesterday you drove this route and tomorrow – it picks up maybe the same kids, but another 50 kids because we got a driver out or, or potentially uh, a school closed and we got to move these kids over to this school. So what, what are your just general thoughts? Not necessarily if it's, if it's bus right doing this or whatnot, but you think about today, you can, you know, Uber driver basically drives not the same route. They're going to drive whoever needs them to come pick them up. But for, for lack of a better explanation, think with me, if you will, Uber school bus, right? So a parent says, hey, I need a ride. The program goes out there, develops the route, and then the driver just shows up, gets on their bus. They have this route to drive. They know they're going to get you know, their hours between 6 and 9 or whatever you want to call it, but they, de- they don't drive necessarily the same route every given day. What are your thoughts about that? Phil? Uh, let me jump here. Yeah, go ahead. go ahead. This Ro- is actually something we have a little bit of experience with, our first use of our routing software hasn't been for our school buses. It's actually been for our vans for our cafeterias. Okay. We had a recently where our school just had a shutdown, but we're still providing meals at home, which means on a day-to-day basis for the last 10 days, we've actually had routes that have changed every day, depending on where we were providing meals to high school students. We used bus, right? We actually came on board with it this year, not saying one versus another, but we were able to change those routes daily in the morning. Our drivers got changed routes every day, and we successfully delivered between 100 and 200 meals a day to high school students nice. on an ever-changing situation for the last 10 days of school. And how was that, that, re- how was that received by your staff? Your driver, I mean, were they just happy to work, or did they find challenges in, you know, hey, I'm, you know, just people that may have newly moved to the area don't know, you know, don't know your town. How do they how do they get around? They're just using that navigational piece. We had three different drivers that kind of fit all of the above. One of our drivers was experienced, been in the district for a long time. He was familiar with, I'd say, 95% of the roads he drove on. We had another driver that had never done anything other than a, a tight city route, and the other one was kind of in between. So they each used that new software with in, in different ways. It took them a little time to adjust, but between them and our cafeteria staff, by the end of our 10 days, which finished today, was our last delivery date as of right now. Uh, it went very well, and they were able to adjust to the software, the new routing, and making sure our children were taken care of. And it was actually a fairly positive experience. And those drivers drove a regular route for the elementary schools before they drove a lunch route for our high school, and they did both those days. Wow. So it was it was a challenge, but it was a uh, it was a learning experience, sure. and I think fairly successfully. Sounds sounds like it. So. Phil, you want to you jump in? I know you got you're kind of pressed for time, and then I'll ask everybody else before you get off. Um, just your thought. I mean, do you think that this is the direction that the transportation industry is going? Yeah, no, I definitely think it's the direction that the trans- transportation industry is going because you know we're rethinking a lot now in districts across the country, right? So what we know is that, for example, the school has this broad mission. I, you mentioned we were talking a little bit earlier about delivering meals. I know in Broward, between meals we delivered and meals we provided for people who just walked in, 
we gave out over a million meals to people wow. in the county in, in something right. like three months during the pandemic. So what we're realizing is this really, really broad mission that we have and our budgets aren't getting bigger. So we're having to be a lot more agile and kind of flexible in terms of how we deliver services. And I think that's here to stay. You know, so what that's going to mean for transportation is basically districts are going to have to get a lot more efficient with how they're right sizing transportation. Uh, I've shared with some of you guys on the call. I mean, I've been in districts where on a given day we might have like 30 percent of the kids on a school bus that we designed the routes for. You know, like it's just that's not economically sustainable, sure. we're realizing. So that's kind of my thought on that one. Right on. Uh, Don, I'll ask you, you know, you both you and Armando are obviously the most senior veteran guys here. What are your thoughts about how what you know transportation to be and how you came into it versus this concept of daily routing or daily route changes for your staff? Yeah, um, daily. Fortunately, we're not having a lot of daily changes um, except for kids who are eating the in-person and going to virtual. Um, so we have a lot of that. Um, but overall, um, you know, when we do our changes, we try and tell the schools, you know, we need three days, we need five days to make sure we communicate properly to everyone. But with the advance of a lot of this technology, we probably can bring that down to, you know, you can put your kid in today and we'll either bring them home that afternoon uh, or the next day. So it's really going to help the parents and the schools provide better service. Uh, and we'll get all that communication done and instead of having to, you know, print everything out, make sure everybody's got a copy that they know is, you know, let us technology will take care of all of those little things and uh, allow the driver to get to the right place at the right time with the right kit. Um, you know, having this, what we're going through now also does help uh, with the rationale for purchasing um, those tools and that technology. Uh, right now, you know, they wanna know the contact tracing, where is everybody, who was on? And because we don't have uh, contact trace, we don't have that piece yet that tracks which kid got on and which one didn't, um, you know, I can easily see that I probably could bring that right in and get that approved pretty quickly. Got it. Thank you. Armando, your your just general thoughts on maybe an Uber school bus, uh, Uber school bus. One of the one of the things that challenges us is I have some people who are directionally challenged. And when we change routes, we rather than go into all types of explanations on how to do it, you know, we have to print out directions and all kinds of things for them. It's not like, um, you know, those of us that are older, we always knew how to find an address without a map. You know, now younger people now have to use their phone and they punch in the address and they use the, the GPS on the phone and Chad's and, waving uh, his hand saying he's not the young people. He, he does that now. I still, I still can't get to my school district without my phone, so I'm guilty. I've been here almost two years. I, still, I don't know. I just drive. It says turn left. I turn left. Yeah, but that's what that's what I see as a challenge for a lot of districts. If you're always changing um, the routes and stuff, you got to make sure that your, your route program one can give you correct uh, directions which sometimes, like with us in downtown Phoenix, we still have 
a routing program that that'll take us the wrong way on a one-way street. Sure. So you hope that your drivers recognize that and can work their way around yeah. through that. Um, you know, we're in just a, our, we work hand in hand with our child nutrition department. We're using eight drivers to do 690 meals uh, uh, three days a week. And then they also have one day a week that parents come into the school to pick up. And I'm not sure how many they're doing it, but they're doing it at every school. And we have, uh, you know, 12 sites that they can go to on Wednesdays. Um, so, yeah, you know, making sure that you can um, support your staff and give them the tools uh, that they need in order to find the correct address and how to get around, you know, especially in a downtown area like us where, you know, half the streets are one way and, you know, or lots of construction going on and be able to show them and explain to them where the construction and the road closures are and, and things like that. Sure. Definitely. Chris, got anything to add there on your thoughts? Um, so I, I do believe that we're going to, I call it more of an on-demand transportation where we're going to like see uh, people are going to, and I like, well, the transition is a little scary to me how that's going to work just because I'm used to, you know, routing, you know, you have 5,000 kids and let's get them on buses and knowing that you're going to have a certain percentage that don't ride. Um, but I'm excited to see it because I think, again, it would be much more efficient if we have a way of parents going, okay, yes, my son needs a ride today or no, they don't, and adjusting. I think the, the adjustment piece with the drivers, you know, you can see it with the drivers who have been have been driving for a while. You know, they just kind of go with the flow. They know their areas. The drivers here, when they bid on routes, they bid on them for life. Um, so unless uh, somebody <laughs> retires, they don't open up. And so they're very familiar with it. So sure. you say, hey, instead of going, you know, west on Cedar now, we're going to need you to have to go east, and you're going to pick up some new kids. Oh, okay, yeah, and usually they figure it out on their own. Uh, that younger generation here in Cheney, we have Eastern Washington University and, and we get a lot of college kids that come in and drive for us. Um, and those are the ones that you they need. They need that technology. You know, I'm going to plug it in my phone and I'll make it work. Or the sure. sheets. I will. Don said something earlier about with the routing softwares and stuff that we have now. Um, you know, we used to tell and we, we still tell parents we need five days to do um, transportation setup. But in reality, you know, I can get a call at 12 o'clock and the kid's already at school and the parent forgot to sure. start the paperwork and I can set it up and say, okay, um, mm -hmm. they can be on the bus this afternoon. I'll let the driver know. So, you know, just that piece has gone, um, come a long ways to where we don't have to take so long to route kids. Right. Uh I, which I totally agree with, right? I mean, I think if you have those solid routing programs, I think if you have, um, you know, the, the competent people and staff to be able to do those, that you can get them there. And I think that's one probably other challenge that we could spend quite a bit of time on talking about, just the competency of your staff and getting them properly trained. Or do they know how to type? Do they know how to turn on a computer, right? And, and there's so mm -hmm. many of those things that when you're talking about trying to promote either from within or you're trying to find quality people that do have those technical skills, it seems like for whatever reason, transportation departments or school districts don't want to pay for what 
the level of quality or level of skill set that you're asking them to bring. And I would really like to do another kind of study on that or another show on that topic alone and just some of the other data pieces that you can bring out of this technology and why is it a benefit. It's all, We're hearing how great it is right now for just our own personal daily use to make sure kids are getting to where and from they need to go. But how do you perform as a department and how do you put that in front of your chief financial officers, your superintendents, your governing board, your community to make sure that they understand how you're performing, right? So um, so kind of final question here before we get into final thoughts. We're already pushing an hour, but I think this will be an interesting. What one piece of technology or what is one piece of technology that you wish existed on the school bus? So um, maybe something that you're like, man, I just it's not there yet, or maybe you've heard of it, but it – you know, we just kind of chuckle about it in a room and it's not there yet. Anybody want to go first? Are the, are the Jedi hats out of the equation? Like <laughs> you can use the Jedi hat if you want. Okay. Okay. Hey, can, can I, can I tell, while, while we're talking about this, actually there is a piece of technology on school buses now that a lot of schools don't use that I like. And it's, we've talked a lot about the school bus side, the routing side, you know, the office side of it, the driver's side. Now go on the maintenance side of it, the technology of like international is on command. Yeah. I know Thomas has their system. I'm pretty sure Bluebird has something as well, but it's a cellular based system where if you check engine light, and there's so many check engine lights and warning lights and notification lights on, on the dash nowadays that drivers can't, I mean, I can't keep track of them. most people don't know. I mean, like the check engine light nowadays isn't really the, check engine light of the past right it's more of a notification there's a little something going on but to be able for a service department or a fleet manager to log into their computer and see that bus in real time and where it's at what the, the you know the uh you know what problems it's having what uh check engine what the check engine light is basically um i just i just went blank but it's like if a bus driver is driving on the road say on a, on a trip to a basketball game they call, hey, I just had a check engine light come on. You can actually log on your computer from, you know, 200 miles away and look and see what that, that fault code is and tell them it's nothing. Keep going. We'll fix it tomorrow. Or, hey, when you get there, stop. We're going to send another bus and have that one towed in. You know, it's not fa- sure. it's, you know, a fatal issue. But that technology as well to protect kids, like Armando was talking about earlier, hopefully you don't break down and you have to, you know, not as you don't have to walk kids to the house, but to be able to be proactive and seeing what all this stuff is and what's yeah. going on with the bus mechanically, especially with all the computerized yeah. equipment on the transmissions and the, the stability control and in the engine and the, you know, I mean, just, it's ridiculous. The emissions. I think that's a piece we didn't touch on talking about technology in the school bus industry that I believe is huge, but in it, obviously in a different building on the service side, it can be very helpful to have. Yeah, absolutely. And and probably quite an, honestly another episode that we could talk probably a bit with Chris and some other people that are on the on the tech side just how you know how, what does that do? I think there's probably when you talk about doing it the old way, there's probably a lot of mechanics out in shops that are doing it the old way, right? Um, when I first got here, 
all the work orders were on paper. We weren't doing anything as far as part, parts inventory, anything like that. And it is on one of my our topics to have um, probably after the first of uh, – in into 2021, we'll talk a little bit about that. But, um, yeah, definitely, I agree. I mean, there's so much more technology that you're not even thinking about when you talk about the vehicle itself. So um, I will it, also say that I've said for years, if you take computers – and emissions off a of school bus, you guys could run them for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they never break down. You never wear them out. Oh, you thank the government for that one. So, yes, exactly. Exactly. So, getting back to the question, what is one piece? Maybe, Armando, I'll start with you. One piece of technology that you wish was available for the school bus? Well, let's see. I'm, I'm one that is always a guinea pig for anything new to put on a bus. I mean, we have, we're, we're the pilot district for Arizona to test out the extended stop arms. Uh, anytime a new lighting plan comes available, you know, I was always the one to step up and say, I'll try it. You know, we use the, the sign in the back of the bus that says uh, stopping and backing and slowing and all that kind of stuff. I guess I came from Alabama or somewhere back down in the south. And uh, we bought a bus one time that came from there and it had it. So, and that was when I was at Madison quite a few years ago. So every bus that I've ever bought since then, I've always made sure that sign is on there. Um, one, you know, we use Verizon GPS. So we have the diagnostic tool on there that my mechanic gets the little ding anytime there's something going on. And he knows before the driver even calls in what's happening mm -hmm. with the bus. Um, but if we could have something on there, let's see, we, my, my big thing is maybe a, a seatbelt indicator because we, we have seatbelts on every school bus in our fleet. Mm -hmm. And um, they're not required to wear them yet, but maybe something that tells the driver, you know, seat 14A, is not plugged in, you know, click clicked in or something. Yep. That you was know. on episode 20. That was one of the requests <laughs> on episode 20 that some people wanted tell, tell you a kid get out of the seat or didn't buck, unbuckle the yeah. seatbelt. On this last order, we did look at uh, the three point seatbelts, but because someone big like me and you, you couldn't have three big kids sitting in the seat sure. at the same time, so it does cut down your, your capacity. A little bit, yep. But um, but yeah, you know, I I think we we probably got everything you could think of on our school bus now. Considering I have a fleet that is 2014 or newer now, um, you know, the older buses, as you know, you go 10 years and your bus is already obsolete with technology. Yep. So there's always something coming up um, that that is new and terrific. To, for the safety of the students. So you should always keep keep up with all that technology stuff coming on. For sure. Don, what's one piece that you wish existed? What I've been wishing for is one tablet that does all. Um, because when you look at all the technology that's available, it's like, well, we have our tablet, but our tablet doesn't work with their tablet. Sure. And my tablet has to have its own cell technology. It won't yeah. work if you have it on the bus. You can't tap into that. Um, I can't have buses out there with two or three monthly bills just to run each of the components that are in there. Sure. So I would like to see a one 
tablet that does all, you know, where there's only one cell technology bill per month and it runs, everything can run through that. It's almost like it's you're providing the tablet and they're, you're just downloading the software as an application or something to it. So if you wanted to put it on a iPad or an Android or whatever, the district could go decide to purchase the hardware themselves and just download the application, log in or pay the subscription fee to just the application. We're, we're going through that right now where we're trying to decide back and forth and we've already got Verizon bills, you know, the airtime bill side of of everything so why do i need to pay for it one more time why can't i just use what i have there you know and and unfortunately they don't all play nice together and i i get it it's right. it's all business right but it would be nice if somehow they all just collectively came together and you know kind of like what all the the wireless carriers are doing to us anyways right they're all merging and becoming one one wireless carrier so um robert ask you the same question you've got a little bit different perspective what's one thing that you wish was out there uh, that's not yet available? The one thing we look, we've been looking at, you mentioned using the routing software. We've talked about parent apps. We've talked about those things. He mentioned having the fleet diagnostics and that software kind of bundled together. Uh, we've also looked at just specifically the diagnostic portion. But again, you're looking at separate cell phone bills, separate everything, or separate bills to go with that. And it would be nice to see that combined. Yeah. You know, one device that does it all in one location. True. Sounds That's like we should of, all start a business. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I mean, I'm off. making notes. I got seatbelt indicators. I've got all for one tablet. Anybody else got an idea? He's I'm also starting. gonna he's gonna start a smoke pit out of a school bus, so <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah. Chris, you wanna add to that? So those are all great things and I'll tell you I'm a little uh, I love hearing people talk about the shop. Um, just because that's where I came from. So technology for the guys in the shop. But my biggest thing, uh, we just took possession of two brand new IC buses that had the collision mitigation on them, mm -hmm. which we had all seen the videos of that. Um, I would like to see more technology on collision mitigation and that, you know, safety in general on the school buses inside and outside. So when you brought up the seatbelts, I think that's a great thing too. You know, that seatbelt conversation is a wild conversation to get into because we all have our worries about it. You know, how are you going to enforce it? What's going to happen if a kid takes it off and gets hurt? Is the driver going to be held responsible? Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would say after seeing that collision mitigation, like I saw the videos and I had another director here in the area that went down somewhere in Arizona, I believe, and was on a bus where they tested it out and I took it out here um, and it was awesome. And I think we need to have more of that. Just, you know, we talk about how people are distracted and anytime you see a bus accident, more often than not, it's not our driver that has caused it. It's somebody, you know, I, I'm still baffled when I go to an accident and the person who hit us is like, well, I never saw it. I was like, it's 40 <laughs> feet long. Because how do you not see it? Um, so that's what I would say. I'd like to see technology continue to push into the safety side of it with the collision mitigation and anything else that we can do to make that bus even more more safe. I mean, it's the safest mode of transportation right now already, but obviously it's most precious cargo. So when it, something does happen, it's a big story, and I think we need to focus on that one. Definitely. We, uh, have, now, now, Chris, you said that you tried it. Like, you took it out and you tested the system. Yeah, so I'll tell you uh, – <laughs> I was a little scared. I was a little worried, but I'd seen enough of the video. So a, a couple of the mechanics and I, uh, I put my truck out in the middle of the road. So in case it didn't work, um, <laughs> um, and I'm glad that it did work because it would have been a tough conversation to have with my superintendent if I rear-ended 
my truck with a brand new bus that we just took possession of. But it's it's impressive. I mean, it's it's a great feature that we got, and I'm glad that we got it. I did I did the I did the test ride, and I I videoed when they parked the truck out in the parking lot, and the guy ran 45 mile per hour right up to it, and then it stopped. I videoed that. I showed it to a district. And he was getting ready to order six buses. And he said, I want that on every one of my buses from now on. I want, I need it on every bus from now on. And Absolutely. I, uh, I took, I took one out. Uh, wasn't one of his, but I did take one out and tried it. And man, you get that knot in your throat. You're like, man, this better work. Cause that car in front of me, is going to be a big surprise if this doesn't sure. work. But when it works, it's, it's amazing. I mean, on a big school bus like that. Yeah. It's wonderful. And he's got the, the, uh, Collision mitigation uh, fusion that has the camera that reads like the stop, the speed limit size and stuff, and alert you if you're going over the speed limit. Yeah, no, it's 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 an amazing thing. Every bus should have it. Absolutely, it's such a great safety feature. I totally agree with you. Hey, we had a uh, local middle school that um, in their science, engineering, science, technology, engineering, and math um, uh, conference. They came up with uh, the alert for the bus driver if kids were not wearing their seatbelts. Hmm. And uh, so they presented that on a state level to our state organization. And uh, they did a great job carrying around this uh, school bus seat with them um, to show us all how it worked. And uh, some really bright minds uh, coming does it, forward. Does it require another tablet? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Lots of little lights, you know, we're only 54 passengers, you know, you guys that have 84 and 90, I can't imagine how many lights you'd have up front for that. Sure. Now you guys in New Jersey, you're three and two, right? The seating? Yeah, we're three and two. And uh, we've had seatbelts since 1993. So. Uh, Y'all mentioned, and I didn't think about it when it was said, but my wife works for a charter bus company. She's the safety director for it. And she actually got a chance to drive some of the new buses with the crash mitigation, some of the new features on it. And I would definitely love to see that go into Mississippi for our school buses as well. It was fantastic to ride one of those new buses, to hear the speed controls, all, all that to be being used. And she got a chance to drive one of the new ones, and those are fantastic features. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, just all the things that are coming you know, down the way, I think – Maybe by the time my career's over, we'll see potentially automated school buses that are self-driving. You know, potentially it's already kind of here and how quickly it's come. Uh, I don't think it's any anywhere out of the works to say that it's not a potential to happen in, in the next 30 years. So, um, you know, we're always looking for safety. We're always looking at, at everything that's being added. In, and I'm pretty much in awe of just what is coming i wish that more of the legislators and lawmakers would either at a national level or somehow make it required nationwide if we're going to do this i know you know the seatbelt chris you talk about the seatbelt talk there it is a wild one you've got so many that are halfway halfway forward halfway against it and you can see the videos one way or the other per perpetrating you know the the pros and cons of both but um, to Armando's point, I, we, at, here at my district, we run the three points. Um, you don't have the, you know, all the, the seat, loose seat belts flapping around and, and they actually do a pretty good job for us. So, um, kids wear them. They're required on our school buses. They're not unfortunately required by law. Um, but you know, we do our best to make sure that all our kiddos are wearing them. So, um, 
real quick, we're, we're approaching an hour, so appreciate you guys being here. Just uh, some final thoughts. I'll start with Armando, and we'll just kind of work our way, and I'll let Chad finish it out. So, Armando, just final thoughts on, on technology on the school bus and uh, headed into the holidays. Well, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of the, the bus rights uh, group and helping to develop the, the program. Uh, and I'm excited to also to see what develops from it. Um, I know that we are, we just had this meeting this morning, we're, we are looking at possibly a new routing program and, uh, you know, going with that one that, as Don said, that probably gives us everything. And um, hopefully here in the next uh, year or so, we, we can do that. Uh, you know, of course, with, with budget cuts and everything, our district is a declining district. You know, I only transport less than a thousand students a day. And, um, you know, we have a lot of tough decisions in our district to make because we're, we have too many buildings and too many employees and we need to decide what we're going to do sure. here quickly. Well, um, so... Other than that, uh, we are we are closed now until November 30th. Today was our last day. We're on a fall break uh, combination Thanksgiving holiday week, so um, I'm that's why I'm home already, and I can relax and enjoy my week off and get back into it. You know, Monday, November 30th. There you go. So Thank hope you. Everybody has a nice holiday. For sure, Don. Final thoughts. Yes. Sure. Um, you know, I've been a part of uh, routing software since I got my first supervisor job. And uh, in I had to design my own. Um, you know, they had a little computer in the corner and the transportation supervisor didn't even know how to turn it on. You know, the college <laughs> girl would come in and during the summer and give her the route sheets and wouldn't come back till next summer. You know, so I've developed, you know, my own routing software back then. Um, put everything together in databases and then to move up and, and actually purchase, you know, one of the commercial routing softwares. And it was in a DOS based system and moved all the way up through windows to what it is now. And um, so I've tried multiple different um, routing softwares and, and now to see, um, you know, the college guys with bus right moving forward and um, coming at it from a totally different direction than any other routing software has you know, coming at it from the tablet side and and um, instead of the, the other way that everyone else has done um, is one reason I've jumped on board to work with them. Uh, you know, and it's so important to have such good customer service when you're having issues and working through problems. And uh, Keith and Neil and their team, you know, they just are on top of everything all the time. Uh, when they have things to to push out and work, you know, Keith will actually come down to my office and we'll go out together in the car and work on it and see, did this work? Will this help the driver? Sure. Will the driver be able to follow it and understand? And then they take that that back and and uh, and work with it. You know, so it's important no matter who you have in technology that um, that they are responsive and and work with you and. And uh, everyone that, that I've dealt with and in all these calls and working with people around the country, um, it's just fascinating to see people uh, come together and, and really work on that after all these years in transportation. So uh, I appreciate it and pray you guys have a great holiday. Thank you as well. Robert? 
rephrase the question one more time so just, I can make sure just, I sum it no, up. No, no, you're, you're fine. Some final, just final thoughts. We're going to close it up and just, you know, your thoughts about just technology in general, whatever you want to just close it up with. Uh, it's technology for us is new for transportation. To listen to uh, the Phoenix schools, we actually transport more students than you do. Uh, <laughs> per day, we actually do around twelve to 1,500 on a normal school day of the year was operating un-COVID, if you know how that goes. So <laughs> it's different. Again, we're a small city school, but we do have some rural routes. So it's been a challenge for us to make adjustments. Again, budgets are a big issue right now. Yeah. Uh, we've seen cuts across our state. We've seen cuts across our district. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to find out how to use that money wisely enough to get the biggest bang for our buck when it comes to not only academic, career and technical ed and transportation. So it's been a challenge this year. I, I'm kind of unique to the group, I guess you'd say. I work with transportation. I work with academic ed. I work with career and technical. I serve as a district director and as a on-site school principal. So I have many hats in the in the education enterprise. Uh, I've driven a school bus. I've run routes as a sub driver. I've uh, you know done the other side for the office, answering the parent phone calls. So it's it's a challenge this year. But when it comes to technology, to know there are things out there to make the job a little bit easier has been a nice push. And trying to get those things involved, not only for our schools, our principals, our students, and our parents, has been a challenge and a hopefully. Uh, a positive over the next 12 to 18 months that we can see some really good changes. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to see where that goes. I, I agree. I, it's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting, especially hopefully once we can finally put this pandemic behind us. So mm-hmm. Chris. Yeah. So first of all, let me uh, thank you, Jason, for having us on here. Uh, yeah. These are uh, a lot of fun to sit through. I would tell people as far as technology, I know there's people out there who, are apprehensive to go to technology. Um, the nice thing about our industry is all the vendors, whether you're looking at video cameras or routing software or whatever it is, they're more than willing to come out and give you a demo. In many cases, they'll let you, uh, you know, operate it just to see how it would work for your district. So don't hesitate to reach out and and at least try it. Um, and I know change is tough, um, but if you give it a chance, I've found more often than not, it makes life a lot easier for yourself, your drivers and everybody else. And then I think, you know, obviously one of the last things is everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. I will say this a mentor of mine, uh, Brian Lieberg once told me when I first got started in this, when things get a little tense and I think things are more than a little tense right now, everybody's a little tight parents. Um, and I've had to say this to a lot of my staff here just this last week before Thanksgiving, say it with a smile, folks. I know it's tough and we're dealing with a lot, but if you say it with a smile, it comes out a lot better. Sure. Definitely. Thank you for that. And, uh, our buddy, Chad. Oh, here we go. So I want to say when you, when, when parents see these school buses going on the road, I mean, they're big yellow archaic dinosaurs. They don't understand the amount of technology in these buses nowadays. And and there's still a bunch of archaic dinosaurs running out there. I know uh, there's a lot of them. I'd like to get off the road and, uh, you know, replace with better technology, better engines, if you will. But the, you know, we, we touched on run right, which again, it, to me, is one of the most important technologies we have right now, as far as, you know, being able to track your students, you know, your student trackers, know where the bus at, the GPS side of it. You know, they've, they've been running that for years in the over the road truck industry when you're hauling VCRs, but now it's tracking the most 
you know, I'm not trying to sound corny here, but the most precious cargo we have on the road right now, are those kids in those school buses. And that's where that technology should be. And hopefully every school gets to that where they track every student, every bus all the time, the GPS, you know, we touched on the, uh, <clears throat> the service side of it. The days of Armando, you probably remember this, the, the days of the screwdriver to the ear, listening for the problem on the engine, you know, <laughs> the, those days are gone. You know, that's typically not what the problem is. It's electrical, it's emissions, it's, it's, it's some sensor somewhere. So having that to help your department, your service department be, be more efficient is also important, but the electronic stability control, the collision mitigation that we talked about, there's so many features on these buses. I do have a car that doesn't have collision mitigation. It doesn't yeah. know if I cross the yellow white line or if I'm about to rear end a car. It doesn't even alert me, but Same. the school buses do. You know, you have that option now. And I think it's important that as we move forward and the technology starts to, you know, the cost starts to come down on this technology, obviously supply and demand, um, hopefully most buses will end up with it. And I think states will wind up with some sort of collision mitigation at some point in time. Most states will wind up making that a feature that you're required to have. Again, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a price point. Once it, once that price point hits where they can afford to fund that, I think it's something that needs to be on the buses. Right. Uh, electronic stability c- control, the national, I believe it's national. Now you have to have that on every bus, but um, no, I, I, I'm just, I'm amazed by the technology, even from where I started 12, 13 years ago, again, I worked in the U side. So I usually got five, six, seven, eight, 10 year old buses that I dealt with, but seeing the, the uh, progress that's been made in school buses is where it probably should be made to begin with. But it's, it's good to let the truck side work through the problems, I guess, before you put on the school buses. Sure. But makes a, yeah. lot of, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, it's just amazing to see the things that are on there. And I hope that, you know, people that hear this, share it with parents or tell parents about it. Just all the stuff that's on the buses, protecting their children, help make sure the children get to where they're going safely. Yep. Well, like I said, I appreciate all of you guys uh, joining me this afternoon. Um, enjoy your holidays. I, I will, you know, be sure to uh, reach out at some point between now and, and Christmas. But uh, thank you for being here it's been very insightful very nice meeting some of you thank you for those of you that have returned and thanks to everybody who's been listening along the way i think we're going to do one more episode before taking a little holiday break and uh, then we'll hopefully come back uh, fresh and rejuvenated for 2021 so till then we're looking we're looking at doing a holiday episode right jason we're gonna uh, sing we might do one or two yeah we might do one or two so we're gonna try and try and recap and see something yeah tune in (laughs) so thanks to everybody uh take care of yourselves be safe and uh we'll talk to everybody next time thank you thank you guys thanks see you later you've been listening to hey bus driver thanks for being part of our community if you're a student transportation professional you are part of our family The show is coming to a close, but you can reach out online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hey Bus Driver Podcast. And check out the website at www.heybusdriver.com. Till next time, this is Hey Bus Driver, signing off.